another episode of the Stephen Sully study. I've got to mention that we're at Woodbury House in the heart of Soho. Uh, we've got Mimboso, the wellness company here, capturing all the information. Um, and then I have my guest. I'm very excited for this man to come onto my, my podcast. Uh, when I say this was like, I messaged him this morning, roughly about half past six in the morning, after my gym session or during my gym, gym session, he instantly replied, and I said, you were first doing a podcast interview? He said, yes, and now he's here. And literally, I'm not saying because of that, if people are doing that or not doing that, that makes them a winner or not, but someone's got to have something about them if they're up at that time in the morning responding and said yes to a podcast interview. So Jason, thank you very much, mate. Pleasure. It's really cool to be here. Um, so I know you through Forex Trading. Yep. Um, I've been watching your stuff for some time. I knew you actually through my cousin, John. Yes. Uh, we met each other, I think, a few years ago. And the thing that gravitated me towards looking at your profile is, yeah, I like money. I love, obviously, studying money. I like what it can do, the, the benefits it can bring friends, family, and charities and stuff like that. But it was more about your attitude, your energy, and your mindset. Yeah. So before we go into that and your profession stuff, if we could start it from the very, very start, let's yeah. say, as a baby, where, where, what's yeah. your background and... Um, What's your kind of roots? Okay, so um, when I was, I grew up on a council estate in South London called Hatfield Mead. It was in Morden, and I lived there till I was eighteen. And the first kind of, the first memories of kind of being slightly different to my parents and and the upbringing around there was uh, we used to kind of congregate on this <coughs> little green around the estate, and um, there was all like all walks of life there. You know, there was the kind of druggy fucking operation and. Uh, there was the single parents and then there was the old people, the bitter old people that had gone there to kind of be lonely and, and die with no visitors and all that kind mm. of thing. And um, everyone used to congregate around these steps on a Friday night and they all used to moan about how the rich people were... Like, the lottery was a big one. It was like, why could why do they win the lottery? I should win the lottery kind of thing, like that that kind of attitude. And they were they had these negative kind of... Like entitlement yeah, kind of mentality. Yeah, entitlement mentality. And they were also like had a really low opinion of people with money as well. So it, I kind of saw that when I was about... 11 and I remember sitting on the steps one day there was a, a, a woman called Denise had no teeth in her head like one of our neighbours and she said to me um, you don't really talk like your parents and, um, and, I, and I remember saying like vividly saying that's because I don't want to be like my parents and I didn't mean it like in a horrible way I just didn't want to be in that position I just knew that there was something wrong like everyone was arguing about money and then at the same time they would give uh, money to this guy called Roy who would go and get a syndicate lottery ticket so they were like saying it was all horrible and bad and all this stuff and they were still doing the lottery and I thought something's wrong. I definitely yeah. don't want to be like that and I didn't really know what it was. Um, and then when I was 14, this is really the turning point, when um, I was 14 years old, I my birthday was coming up in October, it was about April time and I wanted this Mongoose Sniper BMX, right? It was Chrome BMX. <laughs> and honestly, like I, there was a shop in, in Sutton called Pearson's, they had two in there and I saw it and I, it was like the best thing I'd ever seen. Uh, so I asked him if I could borrow a brochure and I took the brochure down to this local video shop, had it all photocopied and put the photocopies all around our house, right? Hinting <coughs> to my parents. Yeah. And um, my dad kind of got the got the gist and he was like, look, how much is it? And I said, it's £200. They said, well, we can't afford £200, but we'll put £100 towards it for your birthday if you match it. Okay. And I, I didn't have a clue what I was going to do, but I was like, I was 14 years old, 13 years old. I was like, yep, yeah, deal. 
So I was looking around the estate and there was this triangular green. Everyone used to park their cars around the green. And I thought, oh, I'll just go and wash some cars. I'll, I'll go and wash some cars. So I went out the first day, washed one car. I got one car from this woman called Lynn. And uh, spent about three hours washing this car because I didn't want her to knock me back. And, you know, squeegeeing the windows and getting the paper out and that vinegar. And yeah, that stuff. yeah. Done a proper job of it. It was getting dark. She gave me the money. She gave me two pound tip. I had five pound plus two pound tip. And uh, that night I went and showed my, I thought, you know, this is great. I'm going to have the bike in no time if I keep doing this. But that night I went up into my bedroom. My mate Jack was round, or Lloyd, my, mate, my friend Lloyd was round. And he said, do you want me to help you the next day? And I was like, you know, I can't really pay you. I haven't got, I'm trying to save for the bike and all that. And my dad came in my room and he said, I'm just going to Safeway or Sainsbury's or wherever it was. Do you want anything? And so it made me give him the seven pounds to get another bucket and another sponge. And that meant giving up everything I'd earned as a 13-year-old kid to have nothing again. But the next day, we went out and washed four cars. And then by the end of the summer, I had four people, four kids working around this estate doing cars. And I was just going to get the sales and like get the money. So it really like, it made me think if you use money the right way, you can actually free up your time and there's a smarter way to, to make money, you know, and, and you can actually, you can earn more money. Yeah. Uh, if you use it the right way. So that was the first memory of kind of. Like being an entrepreneur uh, and uh, uh, being resourceful, yeah. le- leveraging your money, leveraging, leveraging other, other people, exposing yourself to opportunities. Totally. And having a bit of a taste of, taste of money, having a, having a flavor it, for it. It was just a complete, you know, no one was seeing it. I, everyone that looked around, they weren't seeing this. And uh, yeah, um, that was a turning point. It's, um, I think it's very, very healthy to recognize and it's not knocking anyone because success is all dependent on what you perceive success to be. Some people Absolutely. are very, very happy with little or no money, but they're fulfill- they're fulfilled in other areas of their life and they're completely happy with that. But I think that sometimes when, when I say the word poor, I'm not necessarily meaning the people with no money. I mean poor mindset, poor mindset. or yeah. poor language. And they start using stuff like where they're lucky, they shouldn't have that. And they become very resentful, very bitter, and they have this... I'm entitled attitude and at a young age I felt I had the same thing as you I started recognizing that very very early thinking that doesn't make any sense Mm. why would you be so aggressive and bitter towards someone that has done something with their life surely that should inspire you and I think it's credit to you that that you noticed it quite early yeah absolutely that was the same thing and And break out the mold and what what you're saying about you know uh, you know what you define success as I do I do believe that success is just deliberately working on something that you want to do that's yeah. it like there's no end point it's just you'll have successes and results in what you're doing but just being in that position to be able to do what you want is success so after your um your your, your moment there where you're washing cars and stuff then where, what did you go on to yeah, did you so work for companies and stuff i wanted to um i wanted to actually become a fireman uh, that was like a, a dream of mine when I was a kid, and I didn't, you know, I didn't really understand what the money was and all that deal. Um, but I knew I had a taste for money. I knew I, I knew I, you know, I knew I wanted to do what I wanted to do. So the fire brigade was great. I wanted to do that. I tried to get in. Three, four years down the line, I'm still trying to get in. And in the in the back end of that, I've I've got an apprenticeship, becoming an electrical engineer, because. I figured that if I do get into the fire brigade, I'm going to have some time off so I could maybe start a business there or yeah. you know, do do the both. Like many, many fire brigade or, and, you know, they get taxi drivers, do fire brigade and stuff like that. Yeah. So even then I thought, you know, I'll set up a business on the side and I'll do that. Um, 
naturally I went into the electrical engineering side and just I do, I wasn't happy just doing that. I wanted to grow and I wanted to grow and I yeah, was, yeah. you know I was self-taught on how to use kind of CAD and you know I was I was teaching myself lots of stuff. It was just my way. I used to go home and kind of read books. And um, I got to the point where I got accepted for the fire brigade, but I was earning much more money than it, it didn't make financial sense to actually even go into the fire brigade. And I thought I've got a choice. I could either go into the fire brigade and you know kind of get into something that I wanted to do, yeah, um, or put a plan together to really goal in this, which I didn't really like, um, but get freedom. And um, as an engineer. I had this methodical uh, kind of plan in my head of how I was going to replace my income, so how I could build my own business, grow my income, and get the hell out of it. Okay, so assets and build your own business and stuff. Did you ever go down the property route? Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not one for uh, bricks and mortar, purely because from this is just my way of thinking. I know a lot of people do well on on property. Um, I've always been into investing in life. Things that innovate, things that grow, things that are working while you're asleep, brighter minds than you. Um, for instance, you know um, the S and P 500. For instance, mm -hmm. if you if you if you own a sliver of the S and P 500, you own a sliver of the top performing 500 companies in the world. Um, when something like a Spotify comes out, the brightest minds at Apple are going. While I'm asleep, the brightest minds at Apple are going. How can we better Spotify? And you know they're innovating and growing, so true. And, yeah. right? So that to me is the evolution, and to to put money into something that is literally decaying uh, doesn't make sense to me. So I, a brick will melt over time; yeah, it will just yeah. disintegrate over time. So just the way that I approach investments is is life and innovation and technology. Fair enough. Um, I don't know whether this is the law of attraction or something, but just on that note, I was reading on social, um, Jay-Z becoming the first uh, person from, from hip hop to become a billionaire. Even though I did hear before that Dr. Huh? Dr. Dre, but they've, they've rubber stamped him as the first billionaire on Forbes. But anyway, there was a breakdown of his wealth. There was obviously property in there. There was art in there. Um, and then I started looking up and there was a big chunk of his money in Tidal, Yep. And then there's a massive chunk in Uber. And he must have the same mindset as what you've got, which is, well, Uber is an ever-evolving, growing platform which is needed all around the world. And therefore, if I'm asleep, that platform is going to be growing all the time and I'm going to be making money from it. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it without, makes sense. Without the top-performing companies in the world, the world wouldn't exist. I mean, yeah. just They are what's moving the world. Yeah. So if you can if you can just stick your money into that and go asleep, you're going to do all right. Whether it's the housing market, it's you know it's keeping the fences going and the grass cut and the roof yeah. done and hoping there's tenants and yeah, it's just a headache. Yeah. Well, I, I I've got to admit I'm I'm into property myself. Yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. I've got HMOs and stuff, and even though it's really good, there is I I think it all comes down to your systems as well. Absolutely. So as long as you've got systems in place in anything that you do. There's always going to be a risk and there's always going to be a little bit of headache, but yeah. I think you can mitigate that by having systems and people in place. Totally. If I was going to do HMOs, for instance, I would go about it in a way where I'd have zero risk. I would, I would get an investor from down here, maybe buy a HMO up in Nottingham or something, you know, fill it up, take half of the deal, manage it. Yeah. You know, I, I, would, I would make sure it's, it's well angled in my favour. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so currently right now you're, you're trading in Forex. Yep. Um, 
Is it just Forex who do equities as well, commodities, or is it just that? It's primarily uh, the FX market. Yeah, that's uh, I kind of stick at one thing that I know. It took me long enough to get good at that. You know? okay. and, uh, and again, I did it as a tool. It was kind of um, to accelerate the, the route to financial independence, really. I'm going to sound like I know, I'm, know what I'm talking about here, uh, but I don't. But I'm going to say, do you invest into like pairs, like uh, what they call cable and things like yeah, that? Yeah, that is... So cable is a slang word for pound dollar. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a, so I trade all of the major currency pairs, um, pound dollar, euro dollar, Aussie dollar. Okay. All of them. So okay. yeah, pretty much my portfolio, my swing trading portfolio consists of 27 currency pairs. And then my, I've got an intraday account, which I trade kind of uh, in my live room every day, uh, which is about eight pairs. Okay. So uh, this podcast is mostly, the reason why I call it Steve Sully study, because I like to study individuals, people, communities, yep. institutes who are successful in their own right. And it could be anything, money, fitness, well-being, anything yep. really. Um, so I wanted to speak to you more about the mindset, but because we are talking about Forex, um, where do you see the market going, progre- pro- progressing? Because obviously you've got things like Bitcoin now yep. and cryptocurrency and all that kind of stuff. So your kind of take on everything the future of currency is cryptocurrency you know there will be there will come a point no doubt in the not too distant future where they'll just get rid of the pound and it will be you know they'll say we're we're getting rid of it and there's too much fraud um we're just going to drop a million crypto pounds on the uk and that will be that will be the reality of it where i think crypto is going to become really really uh, competitive is the likes of facebook and amazon um, Facebook are already talking about their new cryptocurrency and if they bring out a cryptocurrency of their own and then peg it to the ad spend and then they, they're paying their staff with it and you know it's just gonna it's gonna be the it's, it's gonna knock Bitcoin out of the water and the yeah. likes of all the little stuff. I, I know only very li- I know like obviously some of the fundamentals and I know very limited uh, about it but one of the reasons why we brought these two investors on board for for Mimboso is because they have their own ICO and they also showed us another way that in the se- second round or third round of investment, rather than going uh, outside to the world to go to venture capitalists and people like that, you can actually raise it through your own token or a, f- yeah. f- your own version of a Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, is that how you see most companies going? I think a lot of them will, will jump on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know I know of three um, of my own you know, personal friends that I know are launching their own and okay. exactly what you just said. Yeah. Um, I've never invested into it, but I've heard sometimes maybe some of the downsides, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong here because I'm very naive to it, but converting it into real money, mm-hmm. is it an easy thing to do or is it... It's very, very new technology and there's been a lot of... You, know, you have to go into a wallet or something, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you have to have a, 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 a crypto wallet or you know something like a Coinbase. Um, and it's not the easiest. Yeah. But, but then nothing is easy or nothing's easily accessible as people think with, with investing or trading. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's what I call esoteric information where it's kind of kept from the masses. Yeah. Uh, but if you just do some digging, you know, you yeah. might have to do it. I wouldn't advise anyone just dumps money into cryptocurrencies without understanding, you know, that yeah. the money's gone. Yeah. Except the money's gone if you're going <clears> to, <throat> because it's just not being used as a currency at the moment. Yeah. So what would you what do you like day to day? Because I know before you got here, you said you're going to do your own trading. What yep. what what do you what do you predominantly invest into? What would you say the main things are? Okay, so um, I'll take you back to kind of where I started. Okay, uh, 
had a plan to replace my income in 20 years. Um, okay. And then the way I was going to do that was to save 10% of my income and dump it into a return on investment of about 10% per year. Uh, and I was going to do that. Into, and compound it. Yeah. Into, and it's funny that you're not taught that at school, by the way, because you yeah. worked for 45 years when you could just work for 20. But um, that was the plan. I had the calculation, the formula, everything done. I knew what I was going to do. Um, 20 years, put 10% of my income into uh, a, an investment that was going to generate 8 to 10% per year, which is you know quite low, uh, low risk kind of growth fund. Um, and then I just looked at ways to accelerate it. So the next thing was to kind of um, grow my income, which is why I went into business. And I started, obviously, the 10% comes a lot more. Obviously, uh, I was also saving more and more every three months. So I would increase my savings by 10% every three months. And then um, after that, I was so sick of the industry that I was in, because I built a business in an industry that I was so frustrated with, um, I looked at speculation. So that's when I looked at poker, Forex, and you know, I blew a lot of money in Forex. Um, but then I eventually became good at it, replaced my income. So my investments, going back to the beginning, are kind of the S&P 500 in a, in a, you know, a growth fund that's kind of split 90-10 stocks and bonds and real estate investment trust so that's where i invest in property just okay management funds yeah so you um, have the benefits of it but not actually managing or you know dealing with like i don't know like uh, title deeds and yeah. maintenance and tenants and god exactly knows whatever that. else yeah, yeah. and i and I, I i specifically invest in uh, senior housing real estate investment trusts okay um and then on top of that forex so i get up on a you know, I trade, my swing trading account is 24-7, right? but it takes me about 10 minutes a day mm. at night. And then my um, my intraday trading account, I trade Tuesday to Thursday, 8 to 11 in the morning, that's it. Okay, nice. So you're, how old are you? Uh, 37 now. 37, yeah. okay. Well, So what's your goal? Where do you see yourself in 10, 15, 20 years time from now? Um, I've really got a, a big goal to kind of shift education on money and wealth and, and uh, setting people up for success entrepreneurially. Um, I've, I've worked with, I've been surrounded by lots and lots of really successful entrepreneurs that seem to still ask me you know, how I do what I'm doing. And after piecing it all together, I've figured out that you know, it really boils down to free time. Um, that's what they want. They want free time. And when you look at it, it's a component of really free things. It's um, how much cash you've got in the bank. Uh, relative to your living expenses and then your living expenses and then how much leveraged income you can get just like the, the car wash you know um, yeah my next door neighbor is on 260 grand a year say uh, and I've got a my son's got a friend who's a paper boy paper boy is getting 11 pound a week and he's getting 250 grand a year they both could live for about three weeks if they lost their income so yeah. you know it's relative. It's absolutely pointless trying to earn more money if you think that's going to make you more financially independent. Yeah. If you're going to fall into the trap of uh, of, of raising your, your lifestyle to the degree where you're a slave. Yeah. And my big mission is to educate people from the outset, from school. Don't do that. Don't do that. Be free. And I, I genuinely believe that when you're free and able to focus on meaningful stuff, you are a better human. Yeah, like you are. You yeah. solve more problems. You see things holistically. You you form better partnerships. Nothing's in scarcity. Nothing's in desperation. And 
it'd just be such a better world. Yeah, wicked. And it gives you more time to start networking and, and yeah. stuff. Um, I know you're going somewhere after here in, yeah. in, in London. So um, I, I get the impression by watching your stuff and talking to you and listening to what you're about, networking is key for you? Absolutely key. I mean, I've, I've always spent 10% of my income on self-development. That includes boot camps, webinars, seminars, masterminds, you know, and... Uh, Again, that grows my income, and it's just, I believe your network is the, the quickest way to grow your net worth. Okay. Without doubt. Just a conversation we was having before we come in. Yeah. You know someone, yes, done. You know, it's it's so quick, it's so efficient. Yeah. Get around people who, have, who've, who can get your results quick. Have you got any recommendations about masterminds or networking events that you go to where you believe people can benefit from especially if they're in and around the London or the suburbs or something yeah if you're a, if you're an entrepreneur you're in business um, absolutely get involved with um, dent global okay okay they run acceleration programs for uh, being a key person of influence in your industry standing out um, okay making more money having a bit more fun and um, they also run a program called 24 assets okay which is about taking your business you know building assets not just physical assets ip culture you know really really building solid systems into your business that allow you to scale to exit or to you know to live a prosperous life okay that, i mean that's one of my main focuses at the moment that kind of group okay cool um, and do you ever i mean it sounds like when you say more time as well, that's obviously to be with your family. Oh, yeah. Have I got, am I right? You've got children? Yeah, I've got two yeah. kids, two right. boys. Yeah. Nice. And um, obviously a partner and stuff. Yeah. What about traveling? Is it something you do? Is it something yeah. that you support that most people should do? We do travel. Um, I travel a lot. A lot of it's on business. When we go on holiday, it's kind of... See, with travel, I'm, I'm, I've never seen holidays as a thing to sort of like get me out of my life to escape kind of thing. So... Yeah, we're going to Greece in uh, in a couple of weeks, and um, I'm not. I haven't even thought about it. Yeah, because like, it, um, it's not something I'm like looking, clinging on to. Yeah. So we'll go away, and I'll pull a laptop out maybe for an hour and do something. But I'm doing that all the time. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm just doing that all the time. Traveling yeah. is something that I think is important to you know my kids when we go out. They've you know they're very well mannered on the table. They've got you know they're culturized. They they know. Yeah, they know how to talk to people. They're not so travel's great for that. But um, I love traveling. But I would, you know, again, I'd probably sit in a caravan around a lake, like yeah, building stuff. I, I really don't care. I think um, probably it was my poor way of me asking it. But I guess I was trying to bolt on that question to your networking. Do you ever go like to networking events uh, abroad and experience different cultures? The way entrepreneurs do things slightly differently because. I'm fascinated with the with the tech world. It's because yeah. I know fuck all about it almost apart from that. If you get it right, you can absolutely change your life from being some regular in business to this absolutely. multi-billionaire who's kind of changed the face of, 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 of the world, like Facebook or Instagram or any one of these things. And I'd love to go over to somewhere like, somewhere like Silicon Valley to yeah. see how they do things, but then also go to like, I know, Shanghai and experience what an entrepreneur does there. Do you ever do stuff like that? Or is I've it- had no real riches to do that yet. Um, I totally understand what you're saying. I, I, I wouldn't be against doing that. I would be interested in doing that. Maybe when my kids are a little bit older, uh, I've just taken my 14 year old out of school because I don't believe in school so I'm, I've put a program together for him but that's cool um, I've just recently invested in a in a tech company and they're out in Cyprus so wow. they're, they're out there in Cyprus pitching uh, so I'm not doing the work but that's good yeah wicked um, 
So day to day, I mean, you, you trade in the morning, then then you mostly network. What's kind of your routine day to day? Yeah, I try and I try not to fill it up with stuff. Like you message me this morning. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like that. Um, you know, Parkinson's law. You just fill your time with stuff, and yeah. uh, you don't get the real the, the important stuff done. This is important to me. I, I like being out and getting raising the profile and stuff. But I do have a very, very strict calendar of how I spend each day. I mean, in our kitchen, we've got a family board, which basically tells everyone what we're doing uh, every week. Okay. So there's non-negotiable family time, okay. know, there's non-negotiable, no technology time. There's, you know, we have all that in, and then everyone can see what I'm doing and blocks of time where I'm, they can't disturb me. And You're quite regimented. Regimented, yeah. yeah. I find, you know, it sounds, a lot of people say that sounds you know, ridiculous, but... It gives content to your family, gives certainty to your family. Structure. Everyone knows where they stand. Yeah. Everyone's happier. And at the end of the day, we all want certainty. So um, I try and fill my time with important tasks. Like I'm just finishing a book. Yeah. Um, that's got to get done. And I'm developing another program. So that's being done. They're the top of the lists. And I've, I've said that 2019 would be my year of saying no. Like Because... <laughs> I've found now that it's how much you can say no to yeah. is how much like power goes into what you're, you're actually doing. So. Yeah, well, I'm happy you said yes to me, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so you, you trade, but then do you also teach people what you do? Yeah, what we did is, um, obviously the trading industry is a bit of a, it's just a dive. I mean, it really is. There's a lot of sharks in the industry. It's horrendous uh, educators I, out there. I was going to say as well, like, this is a slightly different uh, slant, but um, social media is a paradox between it's really good, hence you know me and you connected yeah. uh, instantly like that. Yeah. Um, but then also at the same time, if you get pulled into it, it has been known and studies to cause depression. Yeah. Uh, there's also a lot of sharks, coining your uh, phrase out, and there's a lot of people out there that are trying to. Do you know like? There's there's a book that Rob Moore released called um, Start Now, Get Perfect Later. And some people are trying to m- make themselves perceive like they're an expert, yeah. but they're not. And that they're very, very hollow when it comes down to the real information and actually having a backbone because they've they've actually done it themselves. Yep. I personally would never put anyone into anything unless I've done it. Or, you know, I've had a lot of experience yep. in that sector. Um, so coming back to the, the, the kind of point I'm making is, um, yeah, in us, I've certainly seen in Bitcoin especially, oh, God, yeah. um, so many people are approaching me on social, sending me direct messages saying, hey, I think you should invest into, into Bitcoin. And um, it's just mad how it's all just suddenly come up over the last few years. I mean, have you experienced that as well? And oh, yeah. seen a lot of these people? Oh, totally. I mean, they're all... I know someone who launched a coin and part of the strategy was to hype it up and then dump it off landing you know and uh they were trying to get rappers on board and all that you know anthony joshua and all the people yeah i'm thinking yeah it's just wrong it really is just wrong um with forex in particular you know and social media and instagram (laughs) it's a lot of lamborghinis and rolexes and you know cash on the bed and all that crap um the reason i went into education was by accident but after I became good at trading and I was generating consistent returns, I thought, how can I kind of steer people in the right direction? So I'd literally just open the webinar and let people watch me trade my live account. Um, and then we kind of, I partnered up with another guy who was doing a similar thing and we just built this phenomenal community of 
really invested people into the education. And um, as we've continued to do that, we've we've basically received not one negative review. It's just solid brand, solid community of people going out there going, you know, you need to get on with tier one and we, we you know, it's just gone from there. And I find if you just create something and imagine that Google is watching you all the time and everything you do and every conversation you have and every decision you make is Googleable, uh, you're going to have a pretty decent business. And uh, that's essentially what it's built on. Yeah. Just honesty, transparency and... What did you say your company was called? Tier One. Tier, Tier one. one. Trading, yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, have you got any kind of advice for an entrepreneur either trying to get into Forex or mm-hmm. some kind of trading or just in business itself? Yeah. Um, advice would be, first of all, mindset. I mean, it takes longer than you think it's going to. Yeah, it's, <laughs> if, if you think it's going to take a year, just double it at least, you know. And um, if, you're, if you're looking to get into trading, I would say don't focus on the money. Focus on actually learning and understanding how to read the breathing patterns of the market. Two, don't try and force it into your life. So, you know, there's really no need to try and check an app or something while you're on the phone to a client or going to meetings and you're like halfway. Consistency is everything, just like we were saying earlier. Consistency is everything in trading. Um, and you can build a system that suits your current life. So if you if you only got an hour at night, then build a system around the hour at night that you can dedicate and focus on the markets. Um, I would say don't go into it if you haven't got a logical mind. Okay. So it's not for everyone. Okay. Like, trading certainly isn't for everyone. If you've got a logical mind, great. You've, you've got half a chance, but... And what about uh, also knowing how to deal with your emotions? Because I, I, I again, I've, I had a few friends of mine who, who are trade or have traded, and they all say the same thing. It's about holding your nerve and also your emotions sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's all about, I mean, trading's probably 20% technical and 80% psychology. It's, it's really, uh, you know, having that edge is all about con- having the discipline to consistently execute the same plan day in, day out regardless of whether you're losing money or winning money at the time. Yeah. Um, it's understanding that a good trade is a trade that met the rules that you've tested, uh, regardless of whether it wins or loses. Yeah. Makes sense. So um, the way you get confident in doing that is by backtesting. Okay. Testing your system. And that's what trading educators don't teach you. Okay. Fair enough. Um, going on the mindset stuff, Books, podcasts, go to seminars, peer groups, mastermind groups. What kind of, um, let's say podcasts or maybe books you can recommend anyone? Uh, my podcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got. A, I've recently launched a podcast about 14 weeks ago from today. Okay. Uh, called Always Free. And it's essentially the, the, oh, the hook up to that. ideology around my life and how I created uh, financial independence. Um, other podcasts, I'm a big fan of John Demartini, so I listen to that. Um, books, Ray Dalio principles. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm I'm all about kind of the the investment world and and that kind of stuff. So all the all the regulars, you know, think and grow rich. I'm sure all yeah. your your listeners have heard all those kind of books. But um, in terms of masterminds, I gave those earlier. Yeah. One other tip I'd say is just try and commit to. Um, look at what this is a great tip for, for your listeners is to if you want to self-develop and you want to increase the, the level of self-development that you're currently at go through your expenses 
right? See where you can make savings and build a little tally up a list of what the savings are that you're making. And then instead of saving it just for the sake of it, spend it. Spend it on a webinar a week or a, a coach or a, a book or an Audible membership, mm. you know, something like that. And, yeah. uh, and it doesn't feel very comfortable at first. And I get that because it's intangible. You don't know what's going to come out of it. But trust me, it does. Yeah. Like, as you know. Yeah. Uh, you get one idea. I've had one idea from a webinar that cost me 200 quid that went on to make me hundreds of thousands of pounds. You know, so it's, it is there and it just happens. Yeah. So uh, that'd be my advice. It's so important. I mean, it, there's so many, um, it's going back to social media again, there's loads of pages, personal business pages where they throw out cliche sayings, but a lot of them, if you really think about them, are, are quite true. And one of them that I like a lot, which is probably used a bit too much by maybe the wrong people, is... Um, Warren Buffett's one, which is the best investment you can make is in yourself. Yep. So if you're not putting it into an actual direct asset straight away, invest it into the best asset, which pays you the best returns, which is yourself. And I think investing into, um, definitely time into podcasts. I try and utilize uh, the gym or on the way back from the gym, yep. listening to a podcast, on the train, anywhere like that, because it just builds up your knowledge and it inspires you. If you're struggling with talk, like I did a little video on, on the uh, Instagram the other day and it's, if you, if you think that you haven't got time to dedicate to listening to audio books, uh, you can go onto Amazon and get a little Bluetooth speaker, stick it in your shower or in your bathroom. Chances are you're going to be in your bathroom 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day, hopefully, if you're having a shit or whatever. <laughs> shower, right? Go in there, stick the Audible on, and every time you're in there, you're getting 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. It will tally up to 90 hours of books a year. That's about 15 or 16 books at five and a half hours long which is the average self-development book, 30,000 words. So 90 hours of books per year without changing your current life or mm. doing anything differently. It's a simple life hack, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's uh, com compounding or uh, leveraging that time. And what I liked about what you said about investing money into yourself first, you condition that habit of putting the money into the right thing. And then when you get to a level, you can start converting some of that money into an asset, let's say property or, or, or funds into yep. the stock market or currency, start building up your asset column as well. And I listen to Grant Cardone, I'll tell you why. One, because I can relate to it because it's property. And two, I love fucking private jets. And I love the <laughs> fact that he's got a private jet. And he, he's a massive said, waste of money for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, he says that his business pays for it. But anyway, um, like his Rolls Royce and stuff like that. But um, what I was going to say is, um, he says all the time he leaves himself broke. And I said, like, what do you mean? You're yeah. obviously not broke. He said, well, what I do is I clean out my, pers my, my, my direct account, hardly any cash yeah. in it, just to keep me going, yeah. pull it all into the asset, which is property or, or his businesses, and it makes him resourceful and makes him feel uncomfortable, so therefore he's got to grow again. Yeah. And I think the key is not where you're stressed, because I think that's when you're out of control, but enough professional pressure where you think, right, I've got to remain hungry and become resourceful and find a way to grow because I need to make more money because I've just diverted it all into my assets. So that's where I do the forced accelerated savings every three months. And I still do that. But um, for as long as I can remember now, I've had a primary bank account and then three sub bank accounts. And every month I zero down the primary bank account into my three sub accounts. So one is saving investing account and then that gets split out into my allocations between investment, passive investments and speculation. And then I have my living expenses and then I have my self-development account. And that's nice. it, right? at the crux of it, that is where my money gets zeroed down to every month. And by forcing the savings up every month, every three months, it does, it pinches you a little bit, mm. makes you more resourceful, 
makes you get out and acclimatise to it. Yeah, definitely. I'm not even joking. I checked my own personal account this morning. I've got less than £600 in there. And I I actually thought to myself, right, I need to go out there and make some deals happen today and and get myself paid even a little bit of money. Because I'm always just pushing it back into businesses or at the moment we're building up our property company. So putting everything I've got in there. And that's paying yourself first, eh? Yeah, exactly. Um, Right, so just to round off a couple of things then, I did ask you actually about 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, you want to change the educational system, which I think is, someone needs to do it. I think it's really, really important, especially around money, finances and belief systems. But what else do you want to, I mean, where are you going to be in 20 years time? What what do you want to do yourself, you and your family? Um, I want to just be in a place where uh, my kids are doing what they love, you know, whatever that might be. I help them get there and do that. Me and my wife be able to just be in a position where we can travel around and uh, maybe that's where my travel will come around. Travel around, earn my income from wherever I am, no, no matter what, be completely spaceless. Um, and Non-domicile, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, being able to get my message out, uh, leveraged, leveraging my message out through these channels that I'm trying hard to kind of build up and get my message across and make a bigger difference in the world. So... You know, money, just, I'm not really driven by the material. Okay. I just, um, I just want to die knowing that I've, uh, I've left a little dent in the world. That's it. Good. It's a good mission. Um, so where can people find you if they need to? Uh, they can go onto my website, which is jasongreystone.com. That kind of is the hub for everything we're building out. Um, you can get access to my trading education there or, you know, there's uh, business education as well. So, okay. JasonGraysand.com or tier1trading.com is the cool. is the direct site. How would like how would we I title you? Because I was going to say initially you're a forex trader, but are you more like teacher or are you more uh, entrepreneur? I'll just say um, yeah, investor, trader, and coach. Okay, cool. Um, I always leave my podcast with the last thing, which is my catchphrase, which is like. It's called be. I say be happy, never content. I've got my own interpretation of it. I've got my own breakdown what that means, and yep. I share it on most of my podcasts. Rather than me giving it to you, if I were to say be happy, never content, what is that? What is your interpretation of that? Be happy, never content. So never be satisfied from, from where you are right now. Always strive to be more. Um, and that doesn't mean you personally. It means share a message with. If you're learning, feed it down as well. The more you share, the more you grow. In my opinion. And just don't settle for like mediocrity. Like you've literally got eighty years. Well, hope, hopefully not. Uh, hopefully, with all this stem cell treatment yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let's let's play like there was that. Let's just be conservative here. There's so many people going around making choices and decisions that are of someone else's values and someone else's agenda. It's such a scary thing, isn't it? It is, and you're just going to end up. No one really cares if you do it or not. Yeah. When you get to the end of your life, they won't care. Yeah. That you've just held back to keep them, stop them from feeling uh, inferior. Don't yeah. give a shit. Yeah. So just get out there and do it. Like it's literally you haven't got long. Yeah. I listened to, and I'm going to conclude it with this. I listened to a um, Steve Jobs um, presentation from what university was it? Stanford. Yeah, that's one of my favourite. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. About twenty minutes long or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I can watch that 10 times in a row and pick up something new every yeah. single time. And I love when he says that the main thing that drove him, certainly part of his life, was the fear of death because he first got cancer and he was looking down the barrel of a gun almost and saying, right, in a certain amount of time, you're going to die. 
And he said because of that, it drove him and then he got the second chance. And um, I try and think about that message all the time because the reality is whether it's tomorrow or 100 years time, I'm, unfortunately, we're all going to pop our clubs and go to wherever. Totally. So in this time, this is not rehearsal. You've got one shot. Father time's not waiting for anybody. You're either going to be moving it and evolving and growing and doing something for the world or you're going to be actually dying before you're actually dead. Yep. And um, I, I think it's important just to bite down your gum shield and go yep. and find something that you're... Totally, mate. I've, uh, one of the things, by. just to finish off, one of the things we've got on our uh, on my PC at home is my... I've predicted I'm going to live to 100. I've kind of given myself a few. But I've got my progress bar on my life, like on my, on my screen. Wicked. The updates in, in real time. And, and, and I look at that every single day. Yeah. yeah it ain't got time. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're so militant. <laughs> yeah. Nice one. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, mate. No worries. Um, thank you very Pleasure. much. And um, yeah, we'll do it again soon. Nice Great. one. Cool.